0: You're listening to the Eltham Baptist Church Podcast. Hello, everyone. That was very depressing, hello. <laughs> the beard has gone. The beard has gone. It was not by choice. Um, <laughs> but let's not, let's not talk about that. I'm still, still recovering. Yeah, I miss my beard. My face is cold, my face is actually cold, and it's annoying me. And I can see this in the corner of my eye, and that's also annoying me. Well, let's get started. (laughs) I I was so excited uh, when I heard about the guys going over to Greece, and the actual people that were going over as well, because for a few of them, it was the first mission trip that uh, they had been on, and yeah, that's just so exciting in itself. Um, they were going over to use their trade skills that they would put in practice nearly every day back here, and they were taking that over to Greece, but I know that God would have used them in so much more than just that. God would have opened up whole new uh, experiences with him. He would have opened up their eyes to so much more than what they thought they were going to see. I think usually we have a plan of what something's going to look like, but that plan is, yeah, a bit different to God's at times, and that's that's awesome, awesome things happened then. So really, really excited um, for those guys. And you know, I can't wait to hear their stories when they come back as well. Um, about five years ago now, I went on my first mission trip um, and I was really, really quite nervous. I was still pretty new to, the, to life with Christ and was still figuring a lot of things out. Um, and I'd never really been in a situation where I had to completely rely on him. I, I'd sort of tried to figure things out in my own strength. I joined a mission ship called the Logos Hope, which a lot of you have heard of before, but for those that haven't, it's a, a missionary ship that's been turned into a massive bookshop, uh, pretty much. And, and it sails around the world and it sells books for really cheap. Um, and for because it visits a lot of third world countries, so try trying to make it affordable for more people. It sells books from like educational to cooking books to biblical books or, or whatever it is. And they also get out um, into those countries and those ports and do a lot of practical ministries as well. So they visit a lot of orphanages and schools and a lot of churches in the area they visit, building projects, setting up water purifiers and stuff like that. Um, Yes. Um, And I was so excited about joining. Um, Like for a few months beforehand, with a few months coming up to me going, I was building up all these things, all these expectations that I had um, of the ship and I knew of all these different ministries they did. And I was just so excited to see how God would use me Because um, i never had experienced this before I was still very nervous But I was still excited to see God at work in and through my life the ship held about 550 people on board lived there and from about 60 different nationalities, so I got a bit intense in time at times Um, Out of that 550 people, there was about 20 to 30 people that were actually qualified uh, engineers or officers, so, yeah, before joining this ship, we really didn't have a clue what we were doing. But you do get training, which was cool, like when you first start, you do get training, but by the time you leave, you're confident enough to put that training to practice, but you've left, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, yeah, we still sailed, um, sometimes with nothing going wrong. Most times, stuff going wrong. Um, But it was really amazing how the ship sailed and how the ship did what it did. Fun fact time, there's been four ships in OM history. So OM is Operation Mobilization. The first ship, the Logos, um, it actually sunk. That one sunk. So yeah, a lot of things happened. Sam, were you on that ship? Sam was on that ship. So my message for you today is do not let Sam on your ship. It will sink. (laughs) Also, while Sam was on board, we went to Malaysia, crashed into another ship. But look, that's just me guessing. Um, probably true, but Sam, stay away from water vehicles. Um, I just wanted to put that in there, because I knew Sam was on that ship, and I knew Sam crashed our ship. When people, when people joined the ship... No, he didn't. He didn't. Um, did you? No. Um when people join the ship though they don't pick what type of ministry they do you get when you go there you actually get given a five day week five day a week job you work five days a week you get given a job you get one ministry day that's organized for you and then you get one off day um i was pretty pretty chilled about where i was to work like i was like all right lord i'm here i'm an open book wherever you want to use me i am willing and i'll do it great um but I said I would not work in the engine room. That was, that was my one condition. Because the engine room right, is on the very bottom of the ship. It's the darkest, hottest, dirtiest, noisiest part of the ship. No one wants to be there. It's the dark pit, we used to call it uh, when we were cranky with it. Um, and that was the place I was assigned, which was great. And this is a fairy tale coming true. Um, I was really annoyed when I found out that I was in the engine room. I am like, there must have been a mistake. Someone's made a mistake because it's so noisy down there, you can't even talk to anyone. And why would you put me in a place where you can't talk? It just doesn't make sense. So I said, there must have made a mistake. So I went around to all these other people that um, that I knew were not happy with their jobs as well. I'm like, all right, guys, let's get a little posse together. We're going to go to the leadership and we're going to complain. They're going to change us around. It's all going to be sweet. You're going to be fine. I've got this." And then the problem was though, everyone else I spoke to was a lot more holy than I was. They actually trusted in God. Um, I, I did trust in God, but I wasn't happy. Um, and, and they just wanted to, they, were, they were, had the heart of like, even though I don't like where I am, I don't have the confidence where I am, I'm still trusting that God's got everything in control. And that was really hard for me to learn. And the the funny thing was, though, before me actually going to the ship, the whole time I was praying, I was saying to the Lord, I want to be used by you in any way that you want to use me. I want to be stretched, I want to be molded, and I want you to turn me into the man that you want me to be, the the man that you actually created me to be in the first place. But as soon as something came up that I was afraid of, that I didn't like, I automatically went against that, and that was not my attitude at all. Um, I acted like that was someone else's role. It wasn't my role, because... I'm not confident in that area, so obviously that's not a gift of mine. My attitude was I was wanting to be used by God in the ways that I wanted him to use me Um, and the ways that I felt comfortable with. I wanted to choose the areas that God used me in and I wanted to to choose the gifts that, um, that he had actually given me rather than let God just be God as the creator of my life who knows me so much better than I know myself. He knows the gifts that I had because he gave them to me and because he created me. Um, What I couldn't see was the much bigger picture that God had already created. Uh, He had already planned it out. He already knew exactly what was happening. And that bigger picture of the ship's ministry didn't just include me. When the Ephesians um, struggled with something similar, uh, Paul wrote to them, he wrote to them about um, to help them realize that there was a much bigger picture than what was right, right in front of them. There was a division in the Ephesian church between Jews and Gentiles, um, be in, between race and culture, and who was circumcised and who wasn't. We won't go into that. Um, but And now what was going on in the Ephesian church, though, was a lot more full on than what was going on while I was on the ship. Uh, but what Paul was writing to addresses uh, both situations just as much. Throughout Ephesians, Paul reaffirms the, uh, the unity that Christ brings, but also the power through the gifts that he gave. I want to read to you guys um, from Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. <clears throat> so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect a mature body of Christ who is the head, that is Christ, From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So straight off uh, the bat there, I want to pay attention to who gave the apostles and the prophets, etc. Just because, like, so often we talk about Christ, and he sort of becomes just a person we talk about all the time, but uh, at the very beginning of that passage it says, Christ himself, okay? So I want to paint this picture for us all, so we're on the same level So Christ, right? The creator of heaven and earth. Not this small person that we talk about a lot. I mean, still the same guy, but yeah. Um, Our saviour, the one who has overcome death. This God, this all-powerful being. His plan um, to protect us, uh, his plan to unite us and protect us from deceitful scheming is to give us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers... So, in other words christ this all-powerful being his plan is to give us us like his plan is to give us ourselves and each other because out of all um yeah when when i realized that though i was actually really disappointed i was disappointed because i wanted it to be you guys who had these gifts i wanted to be the church leaders that had these gifts i didn't want it to be me to be honest with you, a lot of these gifts scare me. They put me in a place where I am so vulnerable. So much can go wrong if I if I rely on my own strength, um, and it's just a place that I just don't want to be in. Also, I am being put into a place where I'm supposed supposed to be unified with others. Problem is, I don't us- I don't um, always work well with others. Um, Yeah, I get so task-focused um, and I get so prideful that people just get in my way. Um, it wasn't long after joining the ship that I had a pretty serious argument with a guy. It was mainly cultural things, but by the end of it, I was, I was actually quite aggressive towards him. And I left that argument feeling so disappointed and so shame. I felt so much shame, and I, was, I just walked away. And I was like, why am I even here? You know, what do I have to offer these 550 missionaries um, that the majority of them had been Christians for all their life? And it's like, what, why am I actually here? And I, went, I did want to go home. It was a really, really tough time. Um, All the things that I was struggling with, though, were all the reasons why Christ gives us these gifts, um, has given us these gifts, rather than him just doing it for us. It is written so that the body of Christ, that is us, may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. One day during Drydock, dock, um, the whole ship stopped uh, so dried up is when the ship comes completely out of water and you do maintenance over the whole thing. The, the whole ship stopped um, and came together just to praise God and just to spend time with Him. And when we did this, uh, I was actually able to just sit and just remember who Christ was and who He was in my life and who, what He had done for me. Um, I was able to see just a tiny glimpse of the big picture that He had already painted. As we grow in our faith in Christ and in the gifts that he gives, that he has given us, and realize that Christ has called us together instead of just being lone rangers, amazing, miraculous things will happen in and through this place. Um, And then this passion will start to grow in our hearts. This passion for us to become less and for Christ to become more. And as we all do this, we'll be able to look around and see from Him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And that is just such an awesome, awesome thing. The longer I stayed in the engine room, the harder I found it. Uh, the hottest the engine room got was about 50 degrees um, during a 10-day voyage from um, Dubai, UAE, to India. And even when we were in port, because the engine room was in such a mess, um, we were working six to seven days and, and uh, a week without having any ministry days at all. Um, or we were in dry dock itself doing maintenance, which equaled up to a whole year of my two-year commitment. It wasn't until I was completely broken and exhausted um, and couldn't do anything else except cry out to God did I realize that maybe all these things that I thought the ship needed me to do might not be the case. It wasn't until I completely surrendered to Christ did I start to see that I had gone from just a normal engine room worker to, uh, with zero experience to engine room foreman with zero experience. Um, and yeah. was overseeing work for 60 people. I was in way over my head. Some of the big things that the ship did was go out and visit orphanages and build hospitals, or all these big things. Um, But what Christ had planned for me was a little bit different to that. All the things I was complaining about became irrelevant and I I was learning that if I surrendered and was willing, then Christ would use me to spread his love to the people that were on the same mission as I was. We had 60 people that were working with us, you know, like um, it was just such an overwhelming thing to realise that Christ is bigger than us going out and spreading the gospel Christ, Christ's plans aren't always what we think it is. So the team leaders and myself started to join uh, together and build ourselves up in love as each part did its work. We started to have a new attitude as we came together and just surrendered to Christ. Um, we we started to notice that God would use us to pastor to our own team, that He would use us to teach our own team of His love, and we just loved our team. That was it. That was, that was our mission. It wasn't what we thought it was. Our, our mission was to the people that were right there in front of us. Over my whole two years of the ship and even still today and, uh, sorry over my whole two years on the ship, and even still today, the biggest way I see Christ at work isn't through me. it's the work that He actually does inside of me. Paul's message to the Ephesians and even to us um, is that God has already painted a bigger picture for us individually and us as a church. And if we, as a church, as a family, as a body of Christ, um, abide in him, trust in him, and become willing to be used by him, even if that means us going in a direction that we just don't want to be in, then we will see uh, miracles. Um, we will see miracles. We just see things that we, that we read about in the Bible, but they won't just be stories that we read It'll become reality, We are part of our church, it would be, be a part of our lives, and that would be spread out from here into the surrounding suburbs, into different countries, whatever it is, it would be so much bigger than what we originally thought. The ship ministry didn't just run because we had 500 people, 550 people who just picked things up quickly, it ran because of the united, unity that Christ brings. Unity doesn't mean that we just get along all the time um, or agree on, uh, with each other on everything, it's the fact that our massive differences still did not get in the way of the bigger picture that God had painted so I want to ask a question to you guys um, how are you unified to this body what small part of this big picture that Christ has painted is he calling you to, to be a part of and to be available to let me just close in prayer dear Christ we just thank you so much that you trust us enough with these gifts to use us, Lord, to build us up and just to know of your love through each other. So, Lord, would you just hear our hearts, hear hear our cry to you, Lord. Would this passion that we read about in the Bible, would that become us? Would we be these passionate people that would just seek your word, seek your face, and just seek to be available to you. Would these issues of the world, um, whatever that might be, Lord, would you just cast that out of our lives? May we just have the hope and trust in you and not in what we try and make sense of. And Lord, we just ask for boldness. We ask for boldness that we can can give you our lives, the lives that you have created, Would we just be able to give them back to you? Just lay them at your cross and just say, Lord, be Lord, in and through our lives. I want to ask for protection of this church, for this family. Would you protect us from bickering, from gossip, from hurtful sayings, whatever it is, Lord, we just protect us and unify us that we as a whole can be glorifying to you, that we as a whole can just show your love in and through this place. And as we do leave this place, Lord, into our workplaces, into our schools, wherever that might be, Lord, may that continue. May we continue to encourage each other, to send each other out, and just to know who you are, and to know who you are in our lives and through our lives. Amen. You've been listening to the Eltham Baptist Church Podcast. If you'd like to hear more or simply pay us a visit, go to www.elthambaptist.net.